Mm-hmm. All right. Any last minute old man noises? <clears throat> as long as you're asking for them. Wah! Wah! What was that supposed to accomplish? <laughs> it's not a very good way of clearing your throat. I think no. it was this impression of the dog. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I All think right. that's right. And here we go. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. And while this show has everything, it especially has talk about food. We are food lovers here at DG, but there are a few questions we find ourselves having to answer again and again. What should we have for dinner? What kind of prep do we need to do for lunch for next week? And oh God, what about breakfast? It's a never-ending cycle of meal planning and food prep, so we're going to take a little time to share the philosophies and practices that keep ourselves fed. And joining me in this endeavor from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's my fellow lady scientist, Meredith, the MVH fan Harn. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Anne. And from Animal Loft Studios in Del Mar, New York, it's our favorite woke cis white guy, Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Hi there. I do what I can. Thank you and namaste. (laughs) Stop it right now. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, we'll begin with a little small talk. We'll check what's in the mailbag, bemoan the Ouroboros of meal prep and planning, make some Tishi recommendations, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. All right, Bobby, take us into small talk. You had a very exciting week. About Aurora Borealis that you just said? Ouroboros, the snake eating its tail? (laughs) Sorry, I just heard what I wanted to hear there. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, small talk, very exciting small talk. So uh, I'll just destroy any illusion of us recording later in the week and say that it is Wednesday night. How as we are dare talking. you? How could you doing that do this? <laughs> just mere hours ago, I had the uh, distinct pleasure and joy of meeting a new friend. Uh, and honestly... Have we done an episode on how hard it is to make friends as adults? Mm-mm. We, we should. should do an episode on how hard it is to make friends as adults because, um, honestly, I have, like, I don't know, less than a dozen friends who I talk to regularly. Most of them are, like, you all. like this. That seems the, like a lot. The me. network of people with it. Well, <laughs> I, that number is probably actually high. It's Yeah, it's but Bobby's an extrovert, Meredith. Mm. I, sort of, but it's it's the four of you, and it's like the uh, the ancillary people of our our universe, right? So that's it. That's like the and and I don't have any friends in Albany because I moved here in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. and so everyone I'm friendly with in in the capital region is like someone I work with or somebody who's like a patron to the symphony or a donor or whatever, and that's great. But it does mean that my average friend in Albany is seventy, right? <laughs> Ooh, that young? And loves to go to dinner at lunch. And Sounds then your, your style. Actually. I mean, it is. Let's not get that wrong. But, uh, you know, it does make it hard to uh, hang out with people. And even at work, 
I didn't mean to go on this uh, jag, but I'm going to now. Even at work, like when I worked at the Buffalo Philharmonic years ago and I was just a lowly junior staffer, we were all friends and we drank together and we commiserated and we bitched about our bosses together because that's what you do when you're young and, and low paid and miserable. But now I'm old and mid paid and miserable. And <laughs> you're the boss who gets bitched about. Right, yeah. exactly. I hope so. I, I secretly, so I have four folks, you know, four women who work for me. I hope that they're bitching about me, which I'm sure they are in text messages and, and hanging out. And that's great. But like, I dragged them over here uh, a month or two ago for drinks and snacks. And like Sam and I entertained because I just wanted to do that. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And we finally had a place that could do it. Some of them politely had two glasses of wine and then left. And it was like, oh, okay, that was great. But like, we're not friends that would be weird because they're my employees and then like i can't be friends with my boss for the same reason we're friendly but we're not friends if one of us ever leaves this job then we could be friends we're not friends right now i have a couple of people who are like co-equal with me on the flow chart we're friendly i would maybe this as close as i'm going to get to friends at work but like it's different now and so i don't have any friends here until today Whoa. So, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for leaning into it. So <laughs> this is a TBTL story. And since neither of you are listening to TBTL these days, uh, I'll fill in some blanks. Um, uh, my dazzling donor message was read on TBTL recently, uh, last week. And I had noticed a few weeks earlier that another person with an Albany area you know, location uh, had had a dazzling donor message read. And I was like, Nicole, who is Nicole? I don't know who this person is. And you know me. So I instantly start Googling. And uh, this person does not exist on social media. Uh Uh-oh. And has a, has a barely a LinkedIn presence. And I was like, okay, well, it appears that this Nicole person's a state employee. So maybe she's, you know, keeping a low profile because of that, which, you know, if you walk around Albany, seven or eight out of the 10 people you encounter work for the state. So that's pretty normal. Um, And I just was like, okay, well, whatever, I guess I'll just give up. But then my message got read and she took the initiative to email Andrew and say, this is crazy. I know it might be weird. Just ignore this. Or, but if you would forward this to that Bobby, because I'm a 10 and I've never met another 10 in real life before. And that would be cool. And so she, you know, Andrew, of course, lazily and willingly forwarded me her email. (laughs) And I emailed her back and texted her and was just like, yes, Albany, human interaction, friend. Yes, please. And so just tonight after work, we went and got a drink at a place that's like two blocks from both of our offices. And uh, she's delightful. Nicole, hello. You're probably listening to this now. I know because I watched her put our podcast in her feed. God help her. So uh, you "You can't leave until you subscribe to this show. (laughs) Right. That's how we get most of our listeners. Um, I all, well, I can't say tens of you because that would steal the TBTL joke, but maybe even more literally. uh, I, it was so nice to have somebody to talk to who just like I had a common base of knowledge who wasn't a work person. (laughs) Nicole's been listening to TBTL since 2010. Wow. Holy shit. And has not encountered other tens because she knows I guess all the hits they're, yeah they're not it, we we talked through them that's when i we started talk, listening i think jen yeah. and sean and yeah. anniversary shows and 
all the eras of watching these dummies grow up and uh, and change. And she's like a completist. She listens to Spotless and after these messages and not Lovewire, but that's okay. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> and so, like, we just we had a million things to talk about, and we had a couple of drinks, and it was delightful. And then we're like, yeah, we'll do this again sometime. And so we have friends. It's amazing. Um, I sent a picture to Andrew and was just like, hey, look, it's the inaugural meeting of the Albany Tens. I think we're going to end up having to be a satellite of the New York Tens. So I don't know if any of them listen to this, but the the New York City Tens have a robust little group. And maybe we can – we're two and a half hours away by train, so maybe we can be like a like an adjunct or an auxiliary or something. And but, uh, you're yeah. sure she's not a weirdo? Well, I mean, she's weird enough to listen to 10 years of TBTL. Yeah. Well, Excuse that's me, a good 13, point. 12 and a half years of TBTL. But, I mean, I don't know. She didn't try to kill me. Well, that's yeah, a she's good probably hear- first step. She's probably hearing me say this, so I'm blinking twice. But, no. <laughs> no. So, Nicole, it was lovely meeting you. Thank you for reaching out to Andrew. She said she's an introvert and she never does that kind of thing. And I was just like, well, you picked the right 10 to try to connect with because... For sure. Because I'm a lot of 10. <laughs> Well, and this is how I ended up in this position. I didn't think that I would ever contact somebody about a podcast ever, and I ended up doing it quite a lot. Yep. Yep. And we talked about how Mike was a collector of people who pushed us all together. Yep. And uh, yeah. So perfectly appropriate that you were doing your impression of Mike doing an impression of a dog clearing its throat <laughs> before the show started, because wow. Mike was on the mind today from that. <laughs> But even after he's dead, I get some of my credibility by having known Mike Frizzell to a person I just met. Yep. So, well, that's thanks, not, Mike. That's not stolen valor exactly, is it? Well, no. I mean, he stole the valor. I'm just that's borrowing true. it. true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're just basking in the reflected glory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I mean, I, I guess here's, I, I think the lesson for me, the takeaway is, if you're a if you're a listener in a community, and I I both simultaneously told her she should peek at the Stens page if she has a Facebook account that she says she hasn't used since 2014, and she stopped listening to the news in 20, well you know when the last guy was elected. Smart, mm-hmm. self preservation. Um, exactly. I said, but if you want to peek at a whole community of people who some of them need a little too much love <laughs> or aren't getting enough, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then a lot of people who are just very cool and and hang out, I was like, just just you might go look. And then, you know, be more involved or less involved. I've, I've mm-hmm. discovered the less involved is the right level for me. But there's a lot of great people out there. Some um, people on there just need someone to say chill <laughs> to yeah. them firmly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most people are pretty cool. But I was very, I was so excited that we got together. And um, I'm sure we'll do it again. And it's just so nice to have someone with that common thing. So email in. If you hear something like that, reach out. Because all the other tens are just as weird as you. And we t-shares. still need to end global loneliness. Exactly. And in fact, I was going to, I got to send a, a, an email to Jen yeah. to say that. Aww, like all these years that. later, yeah. right? All these years later, two people connecting in a city where I think neither of us actually have a lot of friends. Maybe Jen has a lot, or maybe Nicole has a lot of friends. I might be slandering her right now, but you know, it worked. So thank you, Jen Flash Andrews for that. She was very jealous that I've met Jen in person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she should be. Yeah. She yeah. Be. Jen's great. I agreed. Uh, so that's it. I made a friend and uh, 
a less less exciting move for you, Meredith. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't on the show last week. I was planning on being on the show, and then I had an allergy test. <laughs> so I've had allergies for quite some time, and I didn't think too much of it, but I've been getting flushing in my face, and that's kind of a weird thing. And my dermatologist thinks it's rosacea, and I was like, okay, that's fine, but none of the rosacea treatments are doing anything. So I thought maybe it's an allergy. So I went in, got an allergy test, and one of the things that they did was they poked my back with all these different allergens and then let me sit in the room all by myself for 15 minutes and let it percolate and I was like cool I get to just chill and look at my phone and then one quadrant of my back just started just like burning (laughs) I was like okay whatever that is I don't like it it hurts (laughs) can we please be done now let's yeah like uh where's my little call bell I need D4 sunk its battleship right into your back yes very much so but I had to sit there and wait until they decided to come back and turns out I'm very very allergic to dust mites and ew yeah it's gross there's two different kinds and I'm allergic to both of them that they tested me for and the problem is that they're everywhere and you can't clean your way out of them you can like wash everything and you can get rid of your carpet and stuff like that and that helps but there's no totally avoiding them so um i was told to start taking zyrtec twice a day instead of once a day and they gave me a flonase prescription so pretty chill like nothing terrible i wasn't dying of allergies but they don't think that's what the flushing is about so that that kind of investigation continues um i had to do a really unpleasant um, second test, which was to pee in a jug for 24 hours. Uh. Like continuously? Well, no, <laughs> thankfully. But that I was did my have first to... thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what they make it sound like. But um, it's worse almost. That might have been better because what I had to do was store it in the fridge in between times. Mm-hmm. So I had this yeah, big red rock- jug. If, thir- if 30 Rock taught me anything, it's to keep that as far as possible from your sun tea jug. Yeah, <laughs> it was an opaque red jug with lots of stickers and it had acid in it. So it was like, caution, don't touch. And <laughs> it was a whole thing. So I had to do that as Wait, well. Can I ask a question about the logistics of this? Yes. Did you... <laughs> Did you have to pee into a cup and then pour the contents into the jug? Yeah, so or actually did you have they a made... funnel on the jug? No, so they made a, they gave me a second piece of equipment, which was a thing that kind of fits onto the toilet seat and is like a little bowl oh. with a spout. And so you pee into that. And it actually works really well because, you know, peeing into things as a person with a vulva is really tricky. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can just yeah, aim. Not, not to brag, ladies, but I've... Gatorade bottles have been handling this for guys for Yeah, I can't eons. do that without making a big mess. So this was, I was very grateful for this addition because if I had tried to go right into the jug, the acid probably would have burned me. <laughs> I don't know why there's acid in it, but they made a big deal about the fact that there's acid in it and don't touch it. So it was like, you just sort of just go like normal and then pour it. And then you have to, of course, wash the thing um, uh, for the next time. So sure. I was glad that it was only 24 hours because it was really unpleasant and then i had to bring this jug of pee back to the doctor's <laughs> office <laughs> in a paper bag and be like here's my pee um and all i know so far i've gotten the results in my chart that it was a uh 1500 milliliters which is a normal amount of pee so oh, good 
good for me. But What's they're the checking range for on like that? I've never wondered. I oh, I checked. It's eight hundred to two thousand. Oh, so hmm. smack dab in the middle. Look at you, perfectly yeah. average. Yep. Good with your prescription stadium pale. Yeah, good fluid volume. Yep. So that was, I don't know, they're, they're measuring like hormone fluctuations throughout the day. So I don't know what the results of that are going to be yet. They also did a blood test, which was negative um, for like a mast cell disorder. Mast cells are the ones that release histamine into your blood, which is the thing that causes allergy symptoms. So I uh, probably just rosacea at this point. But anyway, I felt like absolute garbage that whole day that I had the test because I don't know if injecting dust mites into your body is is not going to make you feel good if you're allergic to them so not what nature intended no I don't think so um so I ended up just taking a Benadryl and taking a long long sleep (laughs) that was what I needed to do that day so I the other thing that I did was replace my humidifier with an a HEPA filter. And the doctor said Mm. that the more humid the air, the happier the dust mites are. And since Ah. I have a humidifier in my bedroom, she was like, you might want to swap that out with an air filter. So I ordered one that Wirecutter recommended. It showed up with two in the box, which was amazing. So now I have two air filters, which is great. Oh. Yeah. Bonus. I think it was not supposed to be a two-pack, but it was. But I'm not going to tell Jeff Bezos because <laughs> fuck him. I once got a case of heavy duty um, surge protector power strips when I ordered one. Ooh. They sent me a box of six. See, that's Very nice. nice. I'm living high on the surge protector hog. It's pretty great. <laughs> Bank error in your favor, I think. Is yeah, what exactly. That is. So, Meredith, once the once the battleship test is over and you're like ah my shoulder is burning or whatever Mm -hmm. from dust mites then do they do anything to alleviate the burning or are they just like well you can put your shirt on and go (laughs) they gave have fun till that wears off no they gave me some cortisone cream on the itchy parts okay um which definitely clear yeah it helped right away so i was not like in in physical agony the rest of the night i just felt like my whole body just kind of felt cruddy yeah and i felt tired and and just yucky um the rest of the day so it wasn't localized to my shoulder which would have been way worse i think to have like a really itchy burning spot on your skin i don't know so that was why you didn't want to come do weird quizzes with us huh well it's just that i felt (laughs) like garbage it's not that i didn't want to i took i I took all the tests and i like i'm mad that i couldn't because i took all the tests and i recorded all the results and i saved them on my phone and i like was ready to talk about them and then i was like i there's no way i can do this 10 (laughs) questions to find out what allergen are you yes (laughs) what kind of dust mite do you want to be stuck on a desert island with i'm cat dander this, Tag yourself. <laughs> this um, I'm strawberries. Uh, this um, talk about air filters gave me a really terrible flashback to my childhood that I'll just uh, mention quickly. The EcoQuest brand Flare air purifier. Um, we had several of these in our house growing up, and it's because it was one of the many pyramid schemes that my grandmother oh. got oh. into. No. at one point and uh i hadn't thought of it until just now because we also have a humidifier 
of course, because, uh, you know, dry air. We want to avoid that. Um, winter I'm gonna, dryness. I, yeah. I found, uh, yeah, exactly. Winter dryness is the worst. Um, I found a lake here. I'll put it in the, this one's on eBay for 60 bucks, but um, there are some that are on eBay for like $300 plus shipping. There are newer models, but this is definitely the model I had with the wooden case falling apart, and it looks like a piece of shit because it is. Um, yes, an almond. Actually... That's definitely early to mid-90s, right? A cool color these days. Yeah. I wonder if it, I mean, I just, I don't know if it actually did anything. Oh, yeah. There's a tag on the back, viruses. A Touch of Eden, with the name of the person who was trying to sell it with like a label printed and slapped on it in Times New Roman. Yep, this person sold air and water purification, health supplements, and wind energy systems. Yep, that was that was my grandmother, basically. So I hope you didn't get a flare, is my it point. It looks like a PC tower. Yep. Huh. Yeah, it's a real battle for what the show picture should be between this and your back this week. <laughs> Ew, I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to see that. I started playing dots on your back. It was great. Yeah, you could play Battleship on there. It's true. It was like a grid... Huh. No, my my air filters look like cylinders with, you know, air holes. No. And you don't have to find three people to sell them for you? I don't. <laughs> Not that I know. Just, just checking. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the diversion and no. also for your pain and suffering. It's over now for the most part. I'm taking Zyrtec twice a day. I don't know if it's doing anything, but I'm doing I'm doing what they tell me to do because I'm a good good little patient. Yeah, yeah you are. So... That's that. Um, I think it's time to move to the mailbag. Mm-hmm. We have a voicemail from listener Alicia today, and she has some things to say about charades. Hi, Tishi. It's Alicia. And this is a call in defense of a friendly game of charades, um, which you all, Christy, Hillary, and Anne, and I love you all, but you all scoffed at um, in last week's show. So I just have to share that um, I have family who I see just once a year at Thanksgiving, and there's always lots of tension and stress and disagreements, and every year we question whether we should do it again, and then every year we end up doing it because it's family, and you guys all know that uh, rodeo, but um, the one tradition that we have that goes back at least 40 years is after Thanksgiving dinner playing a big game of charades, and it is the one thing all weekend that just makes everybody laugh and be silly and laugh together, and so while it is totally hokey and corny and ridiculous, it is like the one reprieve um, over a course of an otherwise um, pretty stressful afternoon. So you never know. A, a friendly game of charades can actually be uh, quite medicinal. Love you guys. Thanks. Okay, that's a pretty sweet defense, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making an, an awkward family gathering enjoyable and fun. And, a, you know, it's a thing that you could bond together with. I think that's great. Um, if I had been on the show, I would have stuck up for charades because I think it's fun. I don't know. I, I listened to her scenario of, of the family gathering around charades and I'm just picturing, you know, uh, Uncle Chuck, uh, <laughs> Not doing, Uncle his, Chuck. doing his doing his uh, best impression of Obama helping the illegals over the border. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could turn pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> 
40 years of charades and that's how the family gets along. That's a, that's a magical thing. I, my family uh, just does that through crying and wine. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah. Um, we got an email from listener Justina who says, Hi, T-Shears. I don't have an answer for the question of the week. My mind is totally blank on a celebrity I'd like to dot, 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 be stranded with. Guess my hormones are in low gear at the moment. Uh, I do have two things to chime in on, though. First, cold feet when going to bed. I swear that the second I think time for bed, my feet immediately become popsicles. I hear you. After a, yeah. <laughs> After a lot of experimentation, including electric blankets and soaking in hot water before bed, the solution I landed on about 10 years ago is a hot water bottle on my feet in the bed. I use this one, and then she gives us an Amazon link. Um, it's more durable than the traditional pink rubber bottle, and the little sweater is great for preventing burns and feels nice against the skin. Side note, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Little cable knit cover for the water bottle my current one has lasted almost five years not bad for ten dollars that's a great idea and very like reminiscent of putting a hot brick in the bed in like olden times my problem is that i would feel compelled to manipulate the water bottle around i mean it becomes a little plaything for my feet in there You got to flip it over to the hot side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm rearranging it with my feet and pulling it up and pushing it down and moving it around. That's not helping me fall asleep. So you think it would be a distraction? I do. I mean, I've had a water bottle in the past and I've used it for that purpose in the past. And yes, it did work, Justina. You mean for the purpose of curing your boredom? <laughs> and falling hot, asleep with hot warm ball of tootsies. fidget spinner? <laughs> I feel like it's a, a, a fair trade-off to, to play footsie with a water bottle for a little while and have comfortable feet. I suppose. Who else am I going to play footsie with? True. It's mm. worth a... I just play with Bear under the covers because he yeah, likes to sleep under the sheets. Cats. Mm-hmm. Some some cats are good for that. Little man likes to attack in a not nice way. So I have to be careful. Um, Justina continues. Second, bidet seats. All right, let's ha- get into this. Yes, I have stuff to say about this too. I have one, a swanky one even, a washlet by Toto that fits perfectly on my new Toto toilet. It plugs in by the outlet I had installed when we redid the bathrooms, so I have warm water, a warm toilet seat, and even warmed air when I occasionally use that. I love it. How I handle a wet butt, I prefer blotting dry with a little toilet paper to air drying, just a preference. And you're not nearly as wet as you're imagining, by the way. I still use a fraction of the amount of toilet paper compared to the bad old days, so I'm okay with this. Why a bidet? Three reasons. Number one, it's more environmentally friendly since toilet paper is a water-intensive product to make. Two, my butt really is cleaner. Not to sound like an ad, but if you got poop on your hand, would you just wipe it off with a dry paper towel? (laughs) Moisture makes you cleaner. And three, I've had two kids, which means I have hemorrhoids. Since I switched to the bidet seat, I have had zero flare-ups. Wiping with toilet paper was very irritating. Spraying with water is much less harsh. Update, my daughter and her fiancé have signed a lease for a very nice place and will be moving there May 1st. I'm sure you're very glad just to have your space back. (laughs) (laughs) So congrats on all fronts. Um, May 1st can't come soon enough, I'm sure. Correct. I have a washlet as well. I've got the um, Tushy one. And we got it early on in COVID when it was hard to find toilet paper. And I totally agree, Justina. I think it's wonderful. Um, I think, you know, you can just blot with like one little bit, you know, one little maybe handful of toilet paper and that's all you need. 
and you feel just real clean and fresh and it's great Hmm. better for the pipes too well i'm not going to argue with point number three about being gentle or on your hemorrhoids because Mm -hmm. i think that's incredibly valid um uh uh Comparing <clears throat> poop on your butt to poop on your hand is a little bit weird, I think, because I'm not going to then touch my face with my butthole. Well, yeah, you don't need your butt to be as clean as your hands. Right. Honestly, if you could do that, though. <laughs> Amazing. The work you could get as a contortionist. I'm not, I'm can, not opening could... doors with my butthole. <laughs> I'd like to see that, though. Hey, Nicole, by the way, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying uh, this first. This I'm not is not every episode, <laughs> I'm just not most episodes. Pushing the grocery cart through the store with Sorry. my butthole. Continue. <laughs> the things you're not going to do with your butthole. Oh, this is making me so happy. <laughs> um, but I mean, I just I feel that I get it clean enough. I I mean, my my particular you don't don't need to know this about me, but that it's not, I'm not into that in the bedroom. That's Gen Z. That really likes the butthole. Um, And of course, our gay friends appreciate that. But, you know, I don't fall into those categories. So um, I just, um, you know, I feel like we're, we're, I feel like I'm doing an adequate job down there without the boy. You know, this response is, has gone on too long, Anne. Too long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And... And I'm totally down with the environmentally friendly thing. Yeah. And good for the pipes, too. Yes. Good for the pipes, for sure. Gotta say. All the different kinds of pipes. Okay. So for our question of the week uh, from last week, which was, what celebrity would you want to be stuck on an island with? In parentheses, who do you want to bone on a desert island? (laughs) I did not phrase it that way. Thanks, but... Hillary. Yeah, Hillary I, did. Yeah, I wasn't on the show, so it's not my fault. I would never. I would never. Um, Bet says Josh Brolin or Harry Styles. Interesting, Bet. We've got two ends of the masculinity spectrum yeah, on there. Yeah, very much so. Uh, just means Bet's got range. Uh, Lane says, I'm going to go with Diego Luna. Attractive and intelligent. We could converse in multiple languages to keep it interesting. And maybe he still has some dance moves left from Dirty Dancing Havana Nights to pass the time. <laughs> That's good. You know, when he first broke big in this country, it was um, Y Tu Mama Tambien. I, mm-hmm. My Spanish pronunciation right. is terrible. But um, I always thought it was um, Gael Garcia Bernal, who was the more interesting of the two of them in there. But he's really, um, he's coming to his own in the last he's decade. Something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joseph says Erica Badu. I feel like she has more to offer my stranded ass than just sex. <laughs> she would be a very interesting person to be stranded. <laughs> she sure would. <laughs> uh, Rosemary says Pedro Pascal. No question. Of course, that's like the whole internet right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Save me, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Um, it's getting a little weird. Uh, Amy says Anya Taylor Joy. No elaboration needed. Hmm. Uh, Kenneth says Sean Mendez because he's good looking and can sing too. Second choice, Lil Nas X for the same reasons. That's really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> um, and then Kenneth also added, might be my favorite question of the week. <laughs> A million smiley, laughy emojis and fire emojis. Yes. Brandon says Milana 
Vaintrub. I don't mm-hmm. know who this is. Oh, okay. she's the which phone company is she? Oh, she's the brunette in one she's, of the uh, the AT and T yeah woman. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, she's very cute. Yeah, she is very cute. She may not be much help in the survival department, but she's got a great sense of humor. So at least we'll die laughing. <laughs> yeah, and I and she was on uh, This Is Us for a while. I stopped oh, watching that, okay. so I don't know how big her arc was, mm. but she was good. Okay. Um, Julie says, my first choice isn't a celebrity, but he's had his photo in the newspaper. Does that count? <laughs> what if he also has survival training? Well, Julie, we need to know who it is. If, yeah. If come we on, can rule right. on this. <laughs> so the comments underneath have established it's not Bear Grylls, but we don't. So that's it. That's the only person we know it's not. I mean, I've been in the newspaper <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. Um, much? I was in a... Uh, article about um camping and it was my friend sarah and i looking at a vial of lake water that we pr- were pretending to like analyze by looking at it into the sun it doesn't <laughs> not a scientific <laughs> method i don't know what we were doing Ugh, it's like your whole life is a lie i know i didn't know i was 12 i didn't know anything um Anne says i declared quest love as my answer to this genre of question today before i got to this point in the show i just think he would be so fun to shoot the shit with jennifer gardner with jennifer garner would also be fun and might have some leftover ass kicking skills from alias <laughs> i am on the record that although see previous comments i am a heterosexual woman if I were to pick someone to go to the other team with, Jennifer Garner would be a very strong possibility. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Um, and then Jonathan says, Linda Cardellini, I always liked her. She would have had a lot of stories about being an actress. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a lot of range, too. Mm-hmm. I like her. She's been in a lot of different stuff. Those were some good responses, guys. Good choices, everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a Ryan Reynolds in the bunch. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we got one. We get a different phone company. <laughs> yeah, we only have one. Bobby, do you have an answer to this question? <sighs> Not really. I I wanted to figure out who the Lady Bear Grills is so that I could have a survivalist. Because honestly, the thing that would arouse me the most at that point would be clean water. Yep. And uh, snacks. Right. Well, but, you uh, could take the test, the quiz. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I meant to actually before we recorded, and I just I didn't get around to it. So I I should take the quiz. I'll I'll report back at some point in the future with my with my answers. Okay. Um. But I'll just I'll fall back on Amanda Pete as my celebrity answer anyway. Oh yeah, that's so a that's good one. Fine. Yeah. 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 I was thinking Adrian Brody. Ooh, that's I'm weirdly kind of attracted a, to him. An out of left field sort of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think he would keep us alive, but I would enjoy <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> I mean, if you only have a little bit left to live, yeah. then you might as well go might out as well enjoy it. happy. Yeah. yeah, I like Good. coconuts a lot. I think I think it'd be fun a fun last week on Earth. <laughs> if I can pick someone who's deceased, it might be fun to be stuck on a desert island with Steve Irwin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he would go galloping off and find all different kinds of animals, but wouldn't sure. he let me yeah. eat them? Very is practical. The question. I'm sure he'd find the plants and berries and stuff that weren't poisonous. I don't know if yeah. he knew about that sort of stuff. He knew everything. Clearly, he wasn't good at finding the animals that wouldn't hurt him. Aw, that wasn't his fault. Actually, you know, I don't know. Are, are either of you familiar with Ron McGill? No. No. He is um, 
a wildlife expert who works at the Miami Dade Zoo. Um, and he goes on the Levitard show a lot, doesn't what is ostensibly an animal segment, but really it's a personality thing every week. Um, Google him, please, right now, Ron McGill. Um, because actually, he's got a mustache that I think you'll like. And he would probably keep you alive a long time, too. So I think he's the right choice for, for oh, the ladies out there. Oh, my goodness. M A G I L L? Yes, he's okay, a swarthy. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, he's a real Burt Reynolds type, isn't he? Yeah, yep. that's, a, that's a good pick. <laughs> six foot six? I'm into this. Wow. You know what? Actually, I forget. Sorry, Amanda Pete, but I think my answer is also Ron McGill. Yeah. Oh, he's holding a sloth like a baby. <laughs> so there you go. I like this guy. That's my choice. Yeah, he's a lot of oh. fun. I hereby convene this new chapter of the Ron McGill fan club. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I knew uh, I I had just thought of it in real time, but I knew with that uh, with that mustache that he would quickly enter the the uh, Selleck and uh, mm-hmm. and similar. Mm, yeah, yep. hit your hot spots there. Yep, glad I could help. Okay, well now I know what the show picture is. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's please, please not show everybody my naked back. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. You know, throughout Ron McGill, and I'll just mention um, he does a lot of independent charitable work besides the zoo, and so he has a. Uh, a fund that he raises money for for that. And every time he goes on the Levertard show, they do encourage people to support his massive endowment. So good. I'll do the same. You can Google him and find out how you can contribute to it. Okie doke. M-A-G-I-L-L. If anyone yeah. out there is wondering. There you go. Okay. I think it's time to move on to medium talk. Um, uh, we were discussing kind of what's been occupying our thoughts a lot lately on our Jambo call and this is what occupies my thoughts most of the week, every single week. And it is the wonderful world of meal prep. <laughs> and I have to say, it's less meal prep and more like meal stress. Mm-hmm. Um, plan- like planning, execution, pre-cooking, if you are that ambitious. And I think we all um, decided we wanted to do this because we need you guys' tips. Like we want to hear what you guys do so that we can do it better. Yes. Yes, please. We're failing. At least that's I'm my failing. opinion. Maybe the two of you need tips. Okay. Anne's perfect in every way. No, no. I just mm-hmm. have a slightly different philosophy about it, which we'll get to. <laughs> okay. Um, I right. think we're going to start because we were all influenced by our childhoods and we're nothing if not a navel gazy therapy podcast. So, Anne, why don't you tell us what the meal prep sitch was like in your childhood? Well, my mom made a hot meal basically every night for dinner for my entire growing up period. And she uh, was a stay-at-home mom, and um, and she is an excellent cook. And so she always took care of dinner. We always had food, except for uh, if she really just needed a break, then we might go to McDonald's or Taco Bell. Every mm. once in a while, or maybe Arby's. We went to Arby's for a little while, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, it was a fully formed food dishes, main dish and uh, vegetable every single night. So never had to worry about that. As far as the other meals of the day went, we were pretty self sufficient. I think she 
expected that from us at a pretty young age. I remember being in kindergarten or first grade and making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to put in my lunchbox. And that was the only thing I knew how to make. So I made it and then like putting in a box of raisins and an apple or something like that. My little lunch. And as we've talked about before, we were a very healthy household. So we had no chips or cookies or anything that would really make lunch appealing for a child. No Lunchables. I've never had a Lunchable in my life. It's not that I want a Lunchable now, but I sure did when I was eight. Oh, yeah. Of course um, you did. <laughs> every child did when we yeah. were eight. Like, mm-hmm. Or the little like Lunchable pizza thing, like a oh, cracker with some weird tomato sauce and a slice of cheese. That just seemed like gourmet food. <laughs> you were that age, didn't it? Yes. Uh, so I was pretty pretty well taken care of in the food. I mean, she always made sure (laughs) that we had food in the fridge, but um, I did kind of have to figure out how to put it together for breakfast and lunch. Hmm. So that's where I come into the situation. I forget if it was here or somewhere else, but I know I had the conversation recently about whether you were a snack house or an ingredient house. Oh, ingredient house. Yeah. So like finding a bag of chocolate chips or yeah like making snacks out of the things that exist in your ecosystem yep because we were definitely an ingredient house that's why i ate baking chocolate one time (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah you have to once Once. you gotta know i think was it last night or the night before i did something that i haven't done in ages that falls into this category which is a big scoop of peanut butter Mixed in with a bunch of chocolate chips and raisins and eat with a spoon. Yum. I was really craving Reese's peanut butter cups, but I was t- also too lazy to go out and get any. So that was that was my my peanut butter treat hack, Bobby. I like chocolate chips and I like raisins, but I still feel like putting them in together is playing Russian roulette with your taste buds. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like the different <laughs> textures. I like the little bit of softness. I like the shape of the chocolate chips. Mm. Like I'm stealing a I'm stealing a meme here, so I can't take credit for it. But the other day, I saw something that just said, "Imagine a cereal so bad it's improved with two scoops of raisins." I saw that too, <laughs> and I was offended because I genuinely like I raisin love bran. raisin bran, <laughs> and they coat those raisins with sugar. Yes, they're very raisin sweet. Raisin and bran—it's a match made in hell. Uh, I think but it's it great. does work, though. I get it. I just, you know, yeah. I still yeah. have a half a box of Crispix or not Crispix the. <laughs> The round Crackling What? Yes, Crackling O'Bran on my counter right Excuse now. Excuse so. me? Yep. Still? You eat that shit up. That lasts oh. like two days in my house. Well, you know, I'm pacing myself. Also, I don't, I don't eat that much milk. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, I, got a salsa. I agree. I am just full of tangents tonight. I'm sorry. Am I next? I think I'm next. Yes, you are. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, great. So <laughs> I've, I've said this before, but, uh, you know, my mother, when I was growing up, at, at intermittent times in my childhood, she had a lot of different jobs. One of the ones that was stable for a while, she was a catering manager. And even when she wasn't a catering manager, she, she came up through restaurants. And so everything I learned how to cook and everything I was fed was made for an army, not for the two ah, of us. Yeah. And so dinner was, oh, we have a BJ's membership and I can get a fucking 12-pound pork loin <laughs> I'm so sorry, I, I still can't get over BJ's. I know. Why is it called that? I don't know why they... Yeah, I don't know. 
And every time you see the BJ in the same plaza as dicks, it's just like, <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> we just yep. got a BJ's and I was like, should I? Nope, I can't. We're finally getting a Costco out here in the next couple of years. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, so we'll have a BJ's alternative, which oh. is called marriage. Ayo. Oh, um, oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm but I'm chick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, so like, yeah, we would like, my mother would just make like a, a pork loin roast or a beef roast or, um, like just spaghetti pie, which is one of my favorite things still actually. Um, which is basically just a lot of spaghetti and meat sauce layered like in a pie tin, but that you get eight slices out of that. That's like three days of food for two people. Mm-hmm. And then it was it. Just it was in the fridge, and yet you hacked off slices of the roast or whatever, or the lasagna or baked ziti or whatever, heated it up, ate it, or the pot of soup on the stove with the teacup mug to scoop and ladle it out mm. until it was gone. Yep, the pot would go in the fridge at night and then back on the stove at lunchtime, and we and it would just come in and out for like five days until it was finally gone. It's a good way to get food poisoning. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's like, you know, those old, those old inns with the stew that goes forever and you just throw in food and then eat you off just it. just keep adding stuff. Food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, just how many times in and out of the danger zone with that soup? <laughs> Jesus. You just call it mole and it's fine. <laughs> it's more like molde. Just boil it uh, really hard every time. <laughs> but like, that was just the way I grew up. So like there were foods I liked, but, um, unless it was restaurant scraps, like extra leftovers coming home, um, I just learned how like that, and I still kind of, like, I try not to cook that way now, but it's so hard to not be like, well, it's cheaper to buy the family pack and to make three pounds of chicken breasts, mm-hmm. and then sl- I- I'll convince myself I'm going to, you know, slice them up and eat them on salad for a week, and then by the end of the week, there's just two or three dry chicken breasts left in the fridge because yeah, they were I've dry in the first Yeah, I've myself about that. I don't ever want to have a salad for lunch. I love <laughs> a Greek salad with chicken on it, but just... I need to not make more chicken than I need for that, you know, couple of meals tops. Anyway, that so I grew up basically in in catering catering land. Okay, uh, Meredith. I I think mine was very similar to Anne's. My mom made us a new dinner every night, and I don't know how she did it because she had three kids that were young and worked full time, and then would Dang. come home and like her. <laughs> I I feel for my mom now because I don't know how. I mean, she had us on purpose, so there's that. But also, <laughs> I mean, she would come home from work it's and more be like, than "Don't you can say for my mother." Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, "Don't talk to me. Uh, let me read the paper and drink some coffee and just leave me alone." <laughs> and so we would know to like not make a lot of noise and to leave her alone for like an hour after she got home from work, so she could decompress and then and then she would start on dinner and um. They were definitely the greatest hits, you know. It was a kind of a rotation of of the of weeknight meals that were easy for her to make um and would feed a crowd and weren't super objectionable. There were a few that I really hated and would I would kind of like bitch and moan about eating, but I always ate it. Um and she didn't give us options. Um No, 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 no. There was no uh I don't like this. It's like, well, then you don't eat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh just eat it. Um but for so that dinner was always covered. Um, breakfast, I always had um, two Eggo waffles and a glass of milk. And then I would wonder why I was hungry two hours later, like ravenously hungry, because that's just sugar. Um, 
And then they did make us uh, bag lunches. They were not about to shell out for hot lunch at school. So Oh, God, no. We had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We had an apple. And then we were sort of, we were definitely an ingredient household. But surprisingly enough, they got us little Debbie's. Um, Whoa. Yes. So we got a, it was the treat for our lunch. So we always got one lunch treat in our bag and it it was kind of a rotating thing. So sometimes it would be star crunch. Sometimes it would be Swiss rolls. Sometimes it would be oatmeal cream pies. Those are my favorite. Um, So it kind of rotated between those um, types of of snacks. And so I I don't think I had a little Debbie's until I went to college. And then I always felt sort of naughty like oh my god you're you guys are allowed to eat these Could yeah I have one of them too and like oh my god last I love time a star you, crunch oh I know. when's the last time you had a little debbie treat probably in college <laughs> well so i've had I, I every once in a while i'll get a, a wild hair and be like a zebra cake i want a zebra cake and i'll get a package of them and i'm just like ugh, this is gross and i don't feel good mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't live up to the hype of when I was a kid. I bought, I occasionally, like every year or so, I buy a pack of Ho-Hos or the Drake Cakes version of them, which I remember, I always remember after I buy that I like less. Um, I didn't grow up in a Drake's Cakes area. I don't even know And what so that I is. didn't encounter them until later in life. Um, and I can't remember the last time I had a Star Crunch. Now I'm wondering, so this is the danger of me living next to a grocery store. Mm. I may have to go buy a Star Crunch. I feel like I this. haven't seen them at, at Target in forever. I hope they still exist because those were great. Well, Bobby, it's for science. <laughs> right, exactly. It's... I mean, we've done this with Oreos. We've done worse <laughs> with Oreos, I'd say. I was explaining to Nicole uh, that after TBTL kind of, waned on doing picnics that we picked up the slack for a few years i did not get into the fact that we once had an oreo taste test with dozens of oreo flavors i believe it was 27 flavors of oreo oh boy <laughs> i have a stomachache just thinking about it i didn't it. feel good after that night that was rough the little debbie website still has star crunch as like a thing in the in the present tense Okay. What was it like? So, is it like puffed rice and chocolate and caramel? Yes. There must have been caramel in there. Yeah. yeah. Cookies cookies with caramel and crisp rice. It does not say chocolate, but clearly it is chocolate. It's covered too. in chocolate. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, coated with fudge is what the description fudge. is. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Ready it to blast your good. taste buds off on a stellar adventure? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the marketing copy of Little Debbie is glad to hear Thank it. Thank goodness. <laughs> Ooh, homemade Star Crunch recipe on Serious Ooh. Eats. I mean, Staking within. That, oh that makes sense God. because it's basically just a Rice Krispie treat, right? Yeah. So, like, it's it's hardly even baking, but I would think. It's no bake, but you do make the caramel. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yep. All right. Let's do baking. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. Candy thermometers for everyone. Bookmark. Oh, yeah. We got to get Christy a candy thermometer, oh, not yeah, the yeah. Ro- meat thermometer she had last time. Yeah, that doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to work for caramel. I feel like my childhood of cooking was like kind of cut into two different pieces because when I was a little bit older and worked at the restaurant, I think at that point they were sort of like, "Eh, she's fine. She can take care of herself. And I was on my own at that point from then on. And I would eat at least one meal at my job every day. Um, Sure. And if I was working a breakfast shift, which was was every single Saturday or Sunday, 
I would make myself scrambled eggs with cheese and extraordinarily crispy bacon. And I would make that bacon on the griddle with a press on it to just like Mm. cook the absolute shit out of it. My dream. Yeah, it's great. It tasted like ashes, like bacon (laughs) ashes. And it was so Mm -hmm. good. Um, So that was (laughs) my. You put it in your mouth and it just kind of deteriorates. Yeah, it shatters into a million pieces. So good. Ah. Oh, I know. man, I could have a, a we paid 50% for our food at Taco John's, but I was deep into my first go around with Weight Watchers at the time. And so I would get a plate and put a giant amount of lettuce and some diced tomatoes and then um, squirt mild sauce all over it. And that's no, what I would eat. No, that's yep. the saddest and, meal and, I've ever heard. Yep. Yeah. Hey, eating disorders for the win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Weight Watchers. Well, the, the, this this is a good transition into adulthood. So, yeah, and tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, tell us your best practices, Anne. I mean, I think that you guys should come back to me on this one. Okay, oh. we can go backwards then. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Reverse yeah. snake so draft. I'll talk, I'll talk about what I do. Um, so, you said as far that with as... the, the authority of someone who participates in sports and gambling. I know what a snake draft is. I've heard I, people talk about it before. Well, and I think you said it l- a couple episodes ago, too, Bobby. Oh, sure. Shush, shush, Meredith. I mean, Anne knows all the things about sports. Uh, so these days, um, it's a little more complicated, I feel like, because I have to deal with this myself, and I don't have my mommy to cook me dinner. Um, that so sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So meal prep is not too much of a thing. I do... If I'm very ambitious and I try to do this on Sundays, I will make breakfast for us because we both work from home. He works in the office sometimes, but mostly we're both at home. And he Gregory has diabetes, so I can't do anything too crazy for breakfast. And so I <laughs> sometimes no will make waffles. him no ego waffles, unfortunately. I will make him, you know, um, boiled eggs in the Instant Pot, which is, I think, a plus use of the instant pot mm-hmm. it makes wonderful boiled eggs um i kind of do soft medium soft mm, boil yummy so the yolk isn't super hard but it's not runny either it's kind of jammy which i hate that word but it is um or lately i've kind of been switching it up and making egg muffins which is like just scrambled eggs with stuff in it and baked and they portion out really nicely. And then the other thing that I've been doing is baked oatmeal. And um, Sally's Baking Addiction has a wonderful recipe for one bowl baked oatmeal. Very easy. Not a lot of dishes. Um, mix it all together. Bake it. The end. And it stays in the in the pan. And I can just like slice off portions every morning. And heat it up in the microwave. Throw a little milk or yogurt on there. And it's good to go. Um, so between those two, I feel very good about breakfast. Lunch is always kind of a crapshoot. It's like whatever, maybe we have leftovers from dinner. Um, maybe it's an assortment of whatever is in the fridge and needs to get eaten before it goes bad. Sometimes it's like cheese and crackers and an orange or a yogurt or, you know, whatever, an apple. Um, so that's kind of up in the air. And sometimes I don't have time to eat and I still am drinking Soylent. Um, roll your eyes. I know, I know, I know. But it's a complete meal. It's in the fridge. It's easy. And I don't have to chew it, which is nice for somebody with jaw problems. <laughs> so True. Um, having a liquid meal replacement is actually kind of nice. And it's 400 calories and it's relatively high in fat. So it's not like it's a diet drink. It really isn't. Um, 
it's it it does keep you full for several hours so that's nice the the real complicated part comes with dinner um and we have made some adjustments now that my work schedule is a little more intense and i don't have a ton of time to just be like gallivanting around to the grocery store all day in the middle of the week so usually one day a week we'll do something easy which means like usually something um, on Monday, we'll do something easy, meaning something from the freezer, which is usually a Trader Joe's frozen meal, or, you know, we'll pick whatever, we'll have some soup dumplings, and a frozen whatever and kind of split it up. Or we'll do leftovers or whatever's in the fridge. Um, Tuesday, we always do delivery. So Taco Tuesday is generally how it goes. Um and then I cook on Wednesday and Thursday. And what I do for that is I have the recipe sites that I really like. Um, usually it's the New York Times, Bon Appetit, and Justine Snacks. If I can give a plug to her, she's a um, recipe developer. I think she lives in Brooklyn. And she's a pescatarian. So they're pretty healthy recipes. They're always really interesting. Um, I think her website is just, let me see, Justine Snacks dot com yep um mm. love her recipes i've had some really amazing ones from her um they're interesting and relatively easy so highly recommend um that website so i'll sort of browse whatever's new on those three places and pick out a couple that i like and make myself a grocery list and then shop for those um like I did that today I went to the store and got stuff for tonight and tomorrow night because we're recording on a Wednesday so I made I cooked this evening and I will cook tomorrow and then Friday I will also cook but we always have pizza on Friday because we're children um, <laughs> so there's nothing we, wrong with pizza Friday no there's not it it, it it's nice so um a couple weekends ago we had my friend Ryan over and we made Detroit style pizza um, we've been kind of experimenting with thin crust, um, Chicago style, which is where they cut it into squares. Um, thin so crust Chicago style. I know. It's like Chicago pub style, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. It's very, very thin crust, not cracker crust, but thin crust. And they cut it into, it's a round pie, but you cut it into squares. Um, and then they stack three or four of them on top of each other. And that's how much you need to feel full. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we kind of tend to choose... A type of pizza and then make we've been doing this for years now we we made detroit style pizza like every week for a year and a half i'd say before we were like okay we've got it it's perfect <laughs> we don't need to tweak this recipe anymore um we did dayton style which is a cracker crust um we did new york style which was very easy um and thin crust and so now we're doing the Chicago thin crust. So that's kind of what we do. And then Saturday, Sunday is a bit of a crapshoot. Usually I will plan something for those days too, but sometimes it's just like, oh, we have leftover pizza or, oh, we have leftovers from the other night. Um, and that can be lunch too. Um, I recently made the short ribs from the TV show, The Bear. Um, there's a whole storyline with with um, them baking cola braised short ribs and I was like, I'm going to try that. And it took me two days. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have a portion in the fridge. And I'm like, we better eat that because I'm going to cry if it goes to waste. Because it was a lot of work. But it was wonderful. It was so, so, so good. I think mm. the recipe was on Epicurious or maybe Food and Wine. 
I will be happy to send it to you if you want to try it, but it was terrific. I would like to talk about that show sometime, by the way, because I have issues with it. Oh, boy. That was was quite the show, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to add it to maybe a small talk or something one day. Yeah. Or recommends. You can just Um, do a takeover. And the way if we if we can take an entire show to talk about the Oscars, <laughs> I'm not sure that we need an entire show though. We could do one for like food shows because there's the she- what is it the chef I haven't seen it yet the one where the murder show. Oh yeah, the murders. What? Um. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I am not going to find it. And probably everybody out there is screaming about what it's actually called. Oh, oh. You mean the movie The Menu? The Menu. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, have not. Sam saw it, really liked it. Said it was really fucked up, but good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we need to discuss The Bear and we can discuss that. But yeah, I'm putting it on the the list. Um, I don't do a lot of like fancy you know portioning out ingredients and making a thing i did that for a while but it's just a lot of pressure and then i don't really want to eat the same thing every day so actual meal prep for lunches and dinners doesn't really work super well for me i wish it did but it just doesn't so bobby well i need help um and i'm here asking for it so I, I sort of, I live in two lives. I live in the life when Sam is here, and then I live in the life where I'm a bachelor and forget to eat meals. Um, my discipline is during the day, sort of. So now that I'm in an office a lot, you know, when I was in Boston, there were so many food options around my office that were walkable and quick, and, you know, I had lots of great things I could go to. Uh, the local taco place and get a a bowl. And if I was trying to be healthy, I might cut back on the the bad parts of the bowl, just get a lot of the vegetables and beans and things. Um, and that was great. And my office now, there's only a couple of options that are walkable. And also I shouldn't be spending money on all that takeout all the time. And yeah, so I end up just forgetting to eat lunch all the time at work. I know we were talking about dinner too, but I actually wanted to talk about lunch and breakfast because I sent you a picture of the bowls that I've been making lately for breakfast. And um, that's it. I pack one of these veggie bowls, do them three or four at a time, and um, they become my breakfast and lunch. Like I just take them to work and pick through them all day. So is that string cheese? Yes. It's basically just a crude, it's a crudite. It's, it's celery, carrots. The the ingredients mix and match a little bit different weeks, but this one, this week, these are t- this week's. Uh, some cucumber uh, sticks, some mini peppers because they've been on sale lately, so I don't even oh, cut oh, them I like up. Those. I just, yeah, I just eat them whole and then just don't eat the seeds. Um, that's peanut butter in the little um, mm-hmm. cups. Sometimes it's hummus. Sometimes it's salad dressing, just sort of whatever's around. And then, yeah, right now I have cheese sticks in there. And and what I'll do is I'll take that and I'll just open it on my desk. And while I'm mindlessly eating while I'm working, I will eat that through the course of, you know, 
nine in the morning to two thirty in the afternoon, probably. I feel like that's a good thing. I I think that's a good meal, but I think it's one meal. I don't think it's two. Well, that's the problem. I'm yeah. right. I should be eating breakfast before I leave the house, or or also eating lunch. And like today, every Wednesday for our our staff meeting, somebody's in charge of running the meeting, and that includes ordering lunch for the team. And today, nobody asked what we wanted for lunch. So the person who was running the meeting just ordered Buffalo Wild Wings for everybody. Oh, no. Just a just a, uh, a buffet of wings and boneless wings. And so my lunch, quote unquote, was some French fries and random chicken nugs. And then all one of these bowls. <laughs> I'm okay with um, that. It was fine. You know, it was, it was perfectly fine. The wings were fine. Um but yeah, these are, you know, we bought these prep bowls with the thought of maybe I would use them to like build these perfectly balanced, great lunches to take every day. And really, it's just me taking a a veggie platter to work every day. Uh, and then for dinner, Sam and I, I think that um, we love each other unconditionally. But the what do you want for dinner? No, what do you want for dinner conversation could be the one thing that breaks us someday. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... The emergency fallback valve uh, is a list uh, that we share on our iPhones called Dinner Options. And if for years, it's been five things. Homemade pizza, um, which could either be a fresh pizza or a frozen pizza if we really don't have the capacity to do a fresh pizza. Um, Greek salad with some sort of protein on it, whether it's deli meat or, or chicken, you know, chicken breast. Um, pasta night, which we usually do on Sundays, even though we're not Italian. Um, this last Sunday I made just a quick pasta sauce with some canned good tomatoes and, you know, herbs and spices and stuff and put it all together. Um, burgers is all it says on the list, but that actually means uh, turkey burgers and grilled buns. Um, and we actually really like the Trader Joe's frozen turkey patties cause they're really thin and cook quick and, and stay oh, yeah. fairly mm-hmm. moist. I used to eat a lot of those. Apologies for that word. Uh, and then the last one on the list is my default, and it's when Sam's not here, what I will eat for dinner almost every night, uh, if I'm not careful, is breakfast for dinner, and it really just means eggs. Um, and I'm living I'm living the Frasier song. Like, I will eat tossed <laughs> salad and scrambled eggs for dinner two, three nights in a row if nobody else is around. Perfectly okay with it. The egg, they're just such an easy protein. Uh, to to just scramble two eggs or fry two eggs real quick, and then I will buy those pre kit um, bagged salad mixes with stuff in them, mm-hmm. and just eat one. I'll <laughs> just eat the bag of salad and my scrambled eggs, and that's it. And then on the weekends, lately I've been cooking off a a twelve ounce pack of center cut bacon on Sunday morning, doing a full breakfast for the two of us with eggs and bacon and toast, and sometimes tater tots as hash browns. <laughs> And then just whatever bacon we don't eat in the morning, I just sort of pick at for a day until it's gone. We do Sunday bacon as well. It's very important in our household. We uh, goes in the oven, cook it till it's crispy crumbly in the oven, 400 degrees on parchment paper. That's what I do too. Yep. And uh, makes the whole house smell like bacon, which is not a negative. For the whole entire day. (laughs) I'm glad to know I'm not the only one doing Sunday bacon. That's great. Nope. It's, It's while watching CBS Sunday morning... Well, I'm making bacon and then making Sam decide how she wants her eggs. Mm-hmm. And then my short order cook, Bobby, comes out from my from the diner years of my childhood. Yep. And I enjoy that very much. Actually, when I worked at the coffee shop freshman year of college, 
we did a lot of omelet, like fast omelets on weekend mornings. And I would just make fucking hundreds of these little omelets, the couple of butane burners and small frying pans. That's an interesting menu for a coffee shop. Yeah, it was just a little bit heftier. I don't know why they did that. I don't think it lasted. Um, They don't do them now. But uh, yeah, there were like three. And so it was just like you get a Western or a cheese or I forget what the other one was. And everything was, you know, just in pre-prep bowls. And so you just stand there like the omelet station at a breakfast buffet, just making the same three omelets over and over again. But um, the help I need is just one is variety. The other meals that we rotate in and out is um, years and years and years ago in college, I had a friend who taught me this recipe that she said was a Weight Watchers recipe, which was taco soup. And it's just a pound of ground turkey and a bunch of cans of beans and tomatoes and stuff. Um, and refried beans are in it to thicken it up. Mm, and I'll just make I'll make a, um, a packet of taco seasoning and a packet of ranch seasoning. A 28-ounce can of tomatoes or two cans of Rotel, some chilies, uh, one whole white onion chopped, and a pound of um, ground turkey. And you can add, if you want, some tomato paste. Okay. I mean, my mind is kind of blown at the ranch. Yep. It's not stew. It's not – yeah, it is definitely a taco soup. And the, it thickens up with the refried beans. I've never found a recipe online that quite replicates the way I was taught to make it. Huh. Um, but it is, you know, ground turkey and beans <laughs> um, and tomatoes. It's, it's not the worst for you. It's a little salty. But I'll make a pot of that and live on it for a week. That's my childhood coming through. Um, but Sam won't eat it for more than the first day or two. So I get stuck eating a lot of beans <laughs> with no help. <laughs> Uh, and then Trader Joe's frozen food. We like the Trader Joe's frozen orange chicken, especially in the toaster oven, air fryer, convection oven. And Sam really likes the Trader Joe's chana masala chickpeas. And oh, we'll do yeah. that with a bag of rice and a bag of frozen vegetables. Mm-hmm. Very freezer friendly. <laughs> but like, I need more dishes. Like, I never know what I want. I never know what to make. And I... I see the recipe you put in Slack and it just looks beautiful, but it feels complicated, even though the it's probably not as complicated as it looks. That one was slightly complicated, but, you know, I, I think there are much easier ways to cook than what I, I kind of like to try new recipes and, and I don't like to have a set, you know, uh, menu of things that I cook over and over and over. I yeah. tend not to make the same recipe more than once unless it's pizza. So, well, and you're perfecting. That's for science. Yes, that's for science. Yeah. Um, but usually her recipes are relatively easy. And then um, Bon Appetit has like a whole healthy-ish series that's pretty good and relatively easy. And New York Times has weeknight meals that take roughly half hour, 45 minutes. So you do have to – I mean, I don't think there's really much – way around investing some time in it if you're going to cook yourself something interesting and good and and relatively healthy um at least i haven't figured out a way to do that um but i'm i'm not like a improvisational cook gregory is very good at like looking at what we've got in the cupboard and coming up with something i i need a recipe um Hmm. So I'm not super great at just like throwing some stuff together. Plus I can't make pasta all that often 
which would make right. things a lot easier because you can put whatever you want in pasta. But we just don't have a lot of that in our yeah. house, so I can I can improv well, and I I love cooking. I enjoy cooking, but we just get in these ruts because I'm busy and tired, and like Sam's on her way back tonight. Uh, I have not had dinner. I've had one of those veggie bowls and the aforementioned chicken nubs or whatever, and um, and a cocktail. That's what I've consumed today. Maybe a granola <laughs> bar. I don't remember. Um, so I need to figure out dinner right after this. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, now I remember. No, I had an ingredient snack. I had nacho chips with cheese melted on it and salsa. Yum. Because I got home and had about 20 minutes before we started recording. So That's a good snack. Chef mm-hmm. Mike jumped in to help me make that happen. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but Anne, Anne's going to save us because she yeah, doesn't. Do you, do yeah. you feel ready, Anne? Yeah, I mean, my answer to this particular part of the discussion is that there's it, there's two phases of my meal planning and prep. There's eating disorder Anne, and there's now Anne. And dieting and eating disorder Anne had that shit on lockdown. I bet. It was... Every Saturday, cook a big pot of something like I used to. There was a really good, um, what was it, like Swiss chard and navy bean stew or something from Smitten Kitchen that I used to make all the time or used to make like lentils or sometimes I would make homemade spaghetti sauce or something, you know, six portions stacked in the freezer and I would get it so that I had like four different recipes uh, with portions in the freezer, so I could just go, I could just pull one out and go for that. I ate the same thing for lunch every day, which was like a chicken salad that I made from scratch. And then I would have apple and one square of dark chocolate to go Ooh, with that. Uh, my breakfast was like one of these egg bakes that you were talking about, Meredith, where I would scramble a few eggs and put in a little cheese and then just pile the vegetables in Mm -hmm. and that pan would sit in the refrigerator for six days and I would reheat a slice every day um but it just got to be so unhealthy for me because I was (laughs) physically the healthiest I mean my cholesterol was to be envied back then and all all my numbers were just awesome but the problem was mentally I was just an absolute mess and my whole life was spent thinking about food and meal prep and meal planning and when did I get to eat and what was it going to be and as soon as I finished eating when could I have my snack and and my snack was always a sandwich bag full of sliced vegetables and two tablespoons precisely of my homemade hummus. Uh, and it got to the point where I just felt like I had to choke down those vegetables every day because it was so unpleasant. And I lived that way for years. And I finally got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. And now I don't meal plan. I just said, fuck all of that. That's not good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So every morning I have a bagel with cream cheese and some grapes or maybe some other if I pick up a sliced uh, fruit from the like pre-cut fruit and vegetable section. I like like the strawberry and mango containers. That's really good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I usually do some sort of frozen meal for lunch. I kind of like the Amy's ones. I'm not into the fact that they're organic, but I do try to look for the stuff that has less of the funky chemicals. The Amy's um, pesto pasta. I used to love that. I used to get that all the time in college. Hmm. I like her the um, enchilada poblano. I think whatever the enchiladas mm-hmm. with the green sauce, I think are really good. Or there's some, what, what's that one, like Evol? That's it's love backwards, which, bleh. Gross. But um, some of that's okay. So I really like hot food at lunch. So I usually just like to go down and microwave one of those. And then I eat ingredients for dinner almost all the time. It's like cottage cheese and some baby carrots and some pretzel fins or, you know, whatever. Or I, I do get um, sandwiches from the grocery store or the pre-bag salads that Bobby was talking about. And every once in a while, I get a special salad from the fancy grocery store. But that's basically what I eat. Like, I just yeah. don't have the emotional bandwidth to spend any time thinking about that stuff anymore. And uh, more importantly, I don't want it to drag me back to that particular headspace because that was an extremely unpleasant way to live so if other people can do it in a healthy emotional way more power to you but i don't think i can so i just um i just shot that out of a cannon as far away as i could good for you yep Mm. you sound like you need to go buy yourself a star crunch (laughs) yeah (laughs) the only pre-made portions that i have in the freezer right now are pie crusts nice (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Are you still baking as much, Anne? I haven't heard. I feel like I haven't heard as much about. No, not not very much, really. When it's when I don't have people to bring it to, mm-hmm. then like I love sweets, but like I'm not gonna sit around with a full pan of brownies at my house <laughs> week after week after week. And t- to be very honest, I was getting kind of tired of that weekly baking project. Like, I, I did that for, like, six or seven years every single week. That's I baked exhausting. a new recipe and brought it in, and I was getting to the point where I was like, I just kind of want to stop this. But at, by that point, it had become such a part of department culture, and everybody looked forward to it so much that I would have mm. felt bad if I stopped doing it. So, um, silver lining of the pandemic. Yeah. Is it time for Silver Linings Plague's Book 2? <laughs> Maybe. That's true. We were just talking about that. That would be one of them. I've just blown my first answer to that. Well, I think you should be baking for for the fun of it and for the joy of it. And if it's not anymore, you know, maybe you don't stop forever, but you take a break. I get a hankering to make a pie every once in a while or something like that. Mm -hmm. I made, oh, oh, I did make um, cinnamon rolls. Last week or the week before. That was fun. I took them over to some people. So Hmm. I'm not done baking. I'm just not. uh, I got my 10,000 hours in. I don't have to push it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I did make a tart that I'd never made. I've never made a tart before um, in this way. It was a, it was a, you know, a phyllo dough uh, or puff pastry tart. Um, And it was a very spring vegetable-y one um, that I got from New York Times. And it was uh goat cheese and creme fraiche and uh, da, 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 um asparagus in a puff pastry and it was delicious i waited until after i was done with the pee test to do that one <laughs> out of consideration for the lab workers you're so thoughtful yeah 
So that's our meal prep uh, philosophy or lack thereof. Um, And so now we really, really need to know what's your top meal prep tip. Please tell us. Help us. Yep. And you can make your own hummus, but it's kind of a pain in the ass if you take the skins off the chickpeas one by one. I've done it before and it never turns out very well. I never bothered doing that. I also don't bother. Every time I buy tahini and then I use a little of it to make my hummus and then forget that I have tahini for a year. Um, So I just stopped using. So now I just, it's not really hummus. It's just more chickpea mash Mm -hmm. because, but that's when, when we make it, that's what we do. But just Trader Joe's has such good roasted garlic hummus. Yeah, they do. We're a big tahini um, fans over here. So we use it quite a lot. In fact, I used it on my dinner tonight um, as like a dressing. Hmm. And it was fantastic. Um, I've been making my own dressing a lot lately. Um, I got a, my boss actually for Christmas got me a, a little OXO brand shaker bottle for making dressing. She was like in a, in a nice big like serving bowl. She's like, I know you like salad, which is true. Um, and I now just make vinaigrette constantly. Yeah. It's super easy to just make your own little bit as yeah. much as you need, especially cause cooking for two people or one person is so hard. Yep. <laughs> So just making the little bit that you need is really is really nice. So uh, Tishi recommends is assigned to Hillary because none of us picked it up for this week. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so I recommend making your own salad dressing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a link or anything for it. Just, um, you know, it reminds me of um, those old, is it good seasonings or whatever? Like when you buy the set and the packets of the Italian dressing mix. Mm-hmm. And it has the lines on the side for the vinegar and the oil, and then you shake it up with the seasonings. And... I think my dad did that. Yeah, I mean, really, all you need is some oil, some vinegar, salt, pepper, and whatever herbs you want to put in there. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of mustard, but I do have a jar of Dijon mustard because I throw a glob in there to help hold it all together. Yeah, works great. That's in the it. Dressing. Yeah, Bobby, is it the OXO Good Grips Salad Dressing Shaker Clear Large, or the OXO Good Grips Little Salad Dressing mm. Shaker Green? It's the green one. Oh, it's the green one. Oh, that is a bestseller. Yeah. No, my <laughs> boss has good taste. Yep, it's that one. Hey, 12 bucks on Amazon. There you go. Okay, I'm going to put that in for recommends. I like it. I accept that it's coming from Amazon, but that's all right. Just, yeah, you know. You know, you know they've, they're, they've discontinued or they're about to discontinue the Smile charity thing. Of yeah, course. So, like, are. I think I've sent tens of dollars to my employers <laughs> through the years. I've sent uh, hundreds of dollars to Animal Shelter of Southwest Michigan or it's Southeast your fault. Michigan. And Bezos guess, saw those pennies and said, "I could be keeping those pennies. Yep, I could make another rocket ship with those I, pennies. I could shine my bald head even better with polish <laughs> paid for by that." <sighs> anyway, you can get involved with the show by finding us at thisshowhaseverything.com. The Facebook group, "This Show Has Everything," is where you'll find the answers to the question of the week and swap those top meal prep tips you can find us on twitter oh no wait no you can fuck elon musk we're out mic drop speaking of evil people elon musk jeff bezos no kidding email us at tshishow at gmail.com because we're, we're still cool with google because it's free send us your voice memo to that address and you too can be on the show just like alicia and by the way another time when alicia's mad at you all and not me i love it because usually it's my fault. Fax me your <laughs> meal prep tip at 
I still haven't figured out how much longer the uh, voice, the fax number is going to be with us. So use it while you can because its days are numbered. 617-354-8513. The AOL keyword is Tishi. And until next time, that was everything about meal prep. Try the salami, Tommy Give with the gravy, Davy Everybody eats when they come to my house Try a tomato plate too Here's cacciatore, Dory Taste the bologna, Tony Everybody eats when they come to my house I fix your favorite dishes Hoping this good food fills ya Work my hands to the bone in the kitchen alone You better eat if it kills you Pass me a pancake, man, drink Have an undervy, ervy Look in the fender, mendel Everybody eats when they come to my house Hannah, Davey, Tommy When they come to my house Pasta fazula, Tallulah Oh, do have a bagel, bagel Now don't be so bashful, Nashville Everybody eats when they come to my house Hey, this is a party, Marty There, you get the cherry, Jerry Now look, don't be so picky, Mickey Cause everybody eats when they come to my house All of my friends are welcome don't make me coax you, moach you Eat the tables, the chairs, the napkins, who cares? You gotta eat if it chokes you Oh, do have a knish, knishya Ask him the latke, matke Chili con carne for Bonnie Everybody eats when they come to my house Face, buster, share, chops, fump Everybody eats when they come to my house. Everybody eats when they come to my house.